What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. Real quick before questions, we need to send a shout out and a thank you to Akeem Hands, who joined our Patreon at the Jedi Master level this week. Thank you so much, Akeem. That is huge, and it means the world to us. For our first question, Brad Monasir asks, when and how Anakin learned to become a Force ghost? There is no answer to this, and I kind of wonder if we're never going to get an actual canon, like, here it is, spelled out answer. I, I wonder that as well, because it kind of bugs me that there's this specific training that you need to be able to do it. Like, that's always been something about Star Wars that's bugged me. It was something that when they introduced it in Revenge of the Sith, it was just another one of those things that for a minute people were like, oh, really? Now, like, what about this and this and that? You need special training? Like, it, it threw fans for a loop. I remember that in 2005. Um, and now it's something we all accept. Uh, so, and basically I think people were like, well, and how did Anakin get to become a force ghost? So we still don't have an answer. Dave Filoni has spoken about how George Lucas does have an answer and we just haven't been told yet. Uh, I'm sure that one under wraps for a while. Yeah. Which I'm like, well, does that mean you're going to tell us eventually? Or I don't know. I guess the way that I view it is that. Qui-Gon and Yoda and Obi-Wan doing this going into the netherworld of the force maybe they can go and find some of their friends and help them become force ghosts as well Mm -hmm. that seems kind of like cheating I don't know uh that they could go and find Mace Windu and pull him into becoming a force ghost but you know if if they say that's how it is then I'll accept it yeah I feel like in the future of Star Wars, maybe this special training was just part of the Jedi texts or part of one of the new Jedi texts that we didn't see in the in the last Jedi, but like they documented it somewhere and now it's just kind of common knowledge for Jedi moving forward. But in Anakin's case, at least for my headcanon, I always just thought, well, if he was kind of created by the Force, so He's the exception to the rule. I think that's a very easy way to just get around that and be like, he was the chosen one. He was born of the Force, purely of Metachlorians. He could do it. But when we get to the rise of Skywalker and you hear all these different Jedi voices reaching out to Rey, part of me is like, well, (laughs) they shouldn't be able to do that technically. So what's going on? And so that's why I'm like, maybe... Obi-Wan and Yoda and Qui-Gon are able to reach into the... I mean, I guess they, they exist out of time and space. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, through the Force, all things are possible. Well, I was going to say... So write that down. An- another way of getting around this, because like like saying Anakin was made from the Force, you could say, you know, oh, Rey's part of a dyad, which is super Force-connected. So maybe that connection to being a dyad for her means that she can connect with any previous Jedi. And and so they were, that was that the first words most of them had spoken? <laughs> Maybe. I, I, I like the idea that one of them just woke up screaming. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? They, they all probably felt a calling and they all got on a Zoom call together. Uh, no cameras were on, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and... They were like, "All right, we get it. We got to give Ray a pep talk, or else all hell will break loose." So it is. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thinking of the logistics of that working, 
and you know when you're part of the cosmic force because obi-wan when he dies when he gives himself up to the force he basically experiences his whole life like in the flash of an eye uh but he also sees the future like becoming part of the cosmic force was jarring for him but you know it happened like that so i guess that could be true of any other jedi that got pulled into this uh if ray somehow did it <laughs> i just like the idea that you know the last thing uh kit fisto remembers is being stabbed by darth sidious and then he wakes back up and he's got to give ray a pep talk and he's just like oh my god <laughs> No, they're all up in force heaven together, just partying, having a good time, and they all kind of know what's going on. I think so. If you're part of the cosmic force, you you can you don't have to adhere to the rules of time yeah. as we mortals know it. Cathal Keen wants to know how we're enjoying Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. You know, at first I was like, "This is okay, like it's fine," um, but as we've played it more and more, I am really enjoying it. it it feels very much like kind of a, a time waster but a fun one i mean aren't all video games time wasters how dare you no <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's my old crotchety uh parent coming out they'll rot your brains yeah um i think it just had been a while since we played a lego game or a lego star wars game and yeah it, it took some getting used to because it, we had just finished playing fallen order again and it's a very different game, but it's, you know, it's got a lot to do. Yeah, and that's what I think I am enjoying more. is We were just playing the story mode for a while, and I was like, this is fine. I mean, I know this story, so obviously, so that was kind of hindering me, feeling like I wasn't experiencing anything new. Um, but jumping into free play, just to capture footage and experience the game a little more, I was like, okay, I'm having a lot more fun just doing that, just wandering the galaxy, searching for kyber bricks. Um, I, I made <laughs> the connection yesterday, I think. If anyone remembers Cookie Clicker from like 10 years ago, uh, it was like this online game. I did, I played it too. It was this online game where you just like play, you clicked cookies to get cookies. And the more cookies you had, you could use those cookies to... Uh, buy more cookies or multipliers that would let you get cookies faster and it's like you're just getting cookies to get more cookies and i was like that's all i'm doing with studs like i'm doing all these things and i'm like yeah now all our studs are multiplied by two so we get all those studs faster and then when i get enough studs i can get another multiplier <laughs> and another one and so i'm just like this is just a stud clicker game well but i'm enjoying it Two, there's, we know this story. We know right. the story of the Skywalker saga very well. So there's one less element, I guess, to the game that you'd be getting in a brand new game with new storylines and stuff. Um, that's but, Yeah, that's what I would say. Is story yeah. mode is fine, but the free play mode is a lot more fun. The, the open world, all of the side quests, unlocking characters... Those yeah. are fun. We've been streaming the game, and it's taking us about two hours per episode, but we're just going straight through the storyline, not, li not like checking out the level that much or not going on any side quests or trying to collect things. So there's still a lot more to the game that we haven't explored. We're just trying to get through the story right now. Yeah, I, I actually think that if 
we're exploring a little bit because when I just play a, one of the levels straight through one of the episodes, it'll take me like half an hour if I'm skipping cutscenes and just going straight for the goal. If you constantly. don't have me there to get in your way, you mean? No, I think when you're around, <laughs> I'm like, ooh, a kyber brick. I don't know what it is, but I... Okay, it's because one of us can go straight to the story objective and the other one can wander off. But yeah, when it's ready right. to keep going with the story, it just brings you along. You are right. One of us always wanders. It's like going to Target. <laughs> we're, we like, we're together for five minutes and then I'll see something and I'll just go away. And then you have to text me. And I won't see the text. And you have to call me. And then you have to page me over the intercom. <laughs> and eventually you'll find me. But I, I, I could spend all day in Target, so. Jedi Bosk asks if the will of the Force is real, since everyone seems to be getting it wrong all the time. I say yes. The will of the cosmic Force is real. Uh, whether or not people who are connected to the Force, Sith, Jedi, whoever, they're all interpreting the will of the Force differently. And they're going to interpret it the way they want to. That's it. Like, they're when they're wrong about the will of the Force, it's because they're just wrong about it. But I think the will of the Force exists. I mean, this is classic religion 101. Yes. <laughs> you, you have a religion, and then you go from there, and you just make everything work for it. Yeah. It's like, it's like when people talk about fate. Oh, that was fate. It's your fate to be this or do that. It's just... What happens to you is what happens to you, and then you have to try to fit that into the narrative somehow. <laughs> yeah, every religion has their own lens at which they look at the world, and they're they're looking at the same world, but they're uh, interpreting it in different ways. And that's the same thing with the Jedi and the Sith. They see what the Force is doing, and they're like, oh, well, the Force clearly wants the Sith in control. Mm -hmm. And the Jedi are like, well, the Force is clearly never going to let anything bad happen to the Jedi. So... That, that's all it is. But I think that Anakin is proof that the will of the Force is there, that there's some higher entity uh, guiding events in the galaxy. Yeah, I mean, Jedi can do magic. There's something, something afoot here. <laughs> something weird's going on in this Star Wars universe. <laughs> Someone's up there messing with us. Lil God wants to know why we think we haven't seen more Old Republic canon content. I have a couple ideas on why we haven't yet. They keep, like, occasionally teasing things. Um, I think that one reason is the fact that the Old Republic MMO is still happening. It's co new content is still coming out for it. So they might not want to step on any toes there. Um, my other thought and hope is that they just have big plans for the Old Republic. And so they're waiting until they're ready to unveil it all at once i think the latter of that is probably the case i mean it's it's what i think everyone hopes to be the case is that they're saving it for something big like another trilogy of movies or you know a, a disney plus show or something like that but also you got to think about as long as the high republic initiative is still going on and stuff is still coming out for the high republic you don't want to confuse people too much especially just like the general public about, okay, what's High Republic and what's Old Republic and what's the Middle Republic? Like, it's <laughs> it can be a little confusing. Yeah, and we have a New Republic. And a New Republic, yeah. yeah. So maybe they just want don't want to confuse people too much and throw too many different points of the timeline at people. Um, but yeah, I'm still hoping for an Old Republic 
movie, theatrically released film. A trilogy sounds great. And I, I really, really think that they will do that at some point. I think they know that that's an era of Star Wars that people really, really love. But, you know, they, they need to try to make sure they do it right. And I do think that it will be different than it's not going to be a carbon copy of what we've already seen. Um, but I think they want to still make it have that old Republic feel. So I, I think that has something to do with it. Just making sure that they don't rush into it. Alden Diaz asks what one Star Wars creator we would like to have on the channel. So I'm going to throw out some of the obvious ones like George Lucas, obviously uh, Dave Filoni. Sure. Uh, I have a couple answers. The The first one I thought of was actually Bryce Dallas Howard. I would mm. really like to talk to her and kind of get her perspective on uh, coming into Star Wars as uh, a, a female director. And I'll admit that when I first saw uh, what chapter four of The Mandalorian, that to me was kind of the first one that I was like, eh, I didn't like that one as much. But then she came back in season two and in the book of Boba Fett with two of the best episodes mm -hmm. of the series, both series. Uh, I would say maybe definitely uh, for the book of Boba Fett, just her episodes are fantastic. And I was like, I misjudged you. So I, I would just kind of like to see her perspective on uh, coming into Star Wars, dealing with the fandom and uh, hopefully seeing all of the reception that she's gotten. Um, and then I would apologize for <laughs> my my first reactions. Yeah, it's like it's funny because I see people say, oh, she gets Star Wars. And I do think she does get Star Wars, but people criticize the episode that Filoni directed of The Mandalorians. But we all know he gets Star Wars. Yeah. So it's I want to see her make more content, obviously. And yeah, I, I think her Star Wars stuff is getting better and better the more she gets involved. Yeah, I, I hope that she continues to direct for The Mandalorian. I'd be very excited if they gave her a series or something like they did with Deborah Chow. Um, before I throw out my other one, did you have one you wanted to say? Um, yeah, I mean, it would be cool to just have anyone from the Lucasfilm story group on the channel, just because I think it's there's such a big misconception of what they do and what they're responsible for as far as Star Wars goes. Plus, they're more on the Lucasfilm side of things than the Disney side of things. So that would also be a unique perspective to hear from. But it's they seem to be a scapegoat for a lot of stuff like, oh, story group this and story group that. Uh, a lot of people blame them for anything that they don't like or yeah. agree with. So I think to get a better understanding of what they do um, and what their job is would be helpful. Yeah, I think that's a great point <laughs> because I'll see people say like, how could story group let this happen? And they're like, it's their job to make sure there are no contradictions in Star Wars. And I've, I know enough to tell you that that's not their job. I think it's part of it, but I also don't know enough to tell you what they actually do in concrete terms. Like, I know they help guide storytellers. Uh, they will help, like, if they need a, a species or a planet or something, they can be like, hey, we have this if you want to use it. Um, so I know they're there as guides, 
but yeah, like I don't know what a day to day uh, basis for their job is. Mm-hmm. What what do they do every day? And I think that would be really intriguing to find out. Yeah, and I also think. Like, I don't know how much they could actually talk about right. <laughs> as far as what they're involved in, because they're probably involved in a million different, you know, future projects that they can't really talk about. But just to get a general idea uh, of maybe some misconceptions about the story group would be informative. Yeah. And I mean, I like, I, I think a lot of people have the idea that just knowing trivia, knowing knowing a lot about Star Wars is what you need to be on the story group and people will be like alex you should be on the story group and i'm like i know enough to know that not nope (laughs) that's knowing trivia is different from knowing good storytelling uh so i i know enough to know that like that's that would not be my job um unless maybe i were like leland cheese apprentice Mm. because he he's the keeper of the holocron yeah uh (laughs) I'd be your Padawan, Leland. <laughs> uh, the The other creator I was going to throw out uh, is Taika Waititi. Uh, that one is just, I love everything that that guy makes. Mm-hmm. I, I love what we do in the shadows. I'm so excited for whatever movie he's making, whatever he wants to do, I'm in. I love his style, his sense of humor. Thor Ragnarok's great. We just finished uh, Our Flag Means Death, yeah. and it was such an amazing show and it like blew my expectations out of the water no pirate pun intended (laughs) (laughs) that's i i think i just love new zealand sense of humor uh their their style of comedy it always puts a smile on my face so i'd love to talk to taika about star wars and everything else Today's video is sponsored by HelloFresh. They're here to make eating better and easier. No grocery stores or meal planning, just everything you need to prepare wholesome, delicious meals all delivered to your door. Molly and I actually do use HelloFresh because of how much time and energy it saves. We like to cook together, but our schedule is usually pretty hectic. Being able to save time on trips to the store is huge, and a lot of the meals are ready to go in 20 or 30 minutes. Now we're able to cook together most nights of the week, and we get to try lots of different kinds of recipes that we might not have thought to make otherwise. The plans are flexible and can be easily changed to fit our schedule if we know we're going to need more or fewer meals on any given week. You can skip a week whenever you need, the recipes taste good and are the perfect amount for us. They also have plenty of options if you want to eat vegetarian or low calorie or fit any kind of diet. You can choose from your favorites of 50 different options every week. I was personally resistant to trying a meal kit service before, but it's genuinely been very helpful and fun for us. We've tried a lot of different meals we probably wouldn't have otherwise. And HelloFresh has a special offer for all our fans. Go to HelloFresh.com slash StarWars16 and use code StarWars16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. But now, back to questions. On to YouTube questions. AxoCuddle3 asks if we think live-action Thrawn will be a darker blue like the book covers or a lighter blue like in Rebels. It's kind of like the Cad Bane question all over again oh, when boy. he showed up and everyone was like, he's too pale. Mm. They, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the answer is he's going to look however the, the makeup artists decide he should look. Like whatever looks the best on screen, that's what they're going with. I will say, I do think, I don't know that he's going to be a darker shade of blue, blue. but I think one of the biggest features of Thrawn are his cheekbones. 
So they will have to do a lot of like con- blue contouring to it, their face. Whoever plays him. That's going to be the thing. You know, when, with the Grand Inquisitor, everyone was like, his head's not tall enough. And when we see Thrawn for the first time, his they'll be cheekbones. like, his jawline is not strong enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they made Angelina Jolie's cheekbones look amazing for Melissa Maleficent, but I mean, she already has amazing cheekbones. I'm getting off topic. I'm, but I totally agree with you that, yeah, yeah, that is a defining feature. And I do, I now I, that you mention it, I'm like, that's going to be a point of contention. Mm-hmm. People are going to be talking about Thrawn's cheekbones for like a week. One other thing I wanted to bring up for Thrawn is his eyes. Because when he first appeared in Rebels, uh, a point of contention was the fact that he had pupils. Whereas Chiss are supposed to just have red eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, they they gave him pupils because I guess... I think they said something along the lines of, you couldn't tell where he was looking. Yeah. And that makes sense. So I kind of think we're not going to get the full-on red eye, although they did that for Cad Bane. Uh, no, I don't think so, because part of me, part of like acting like you're thinking a lot and like... Like, what does he do? He, he like, you know, is he always... He says perhaps a lot. He's always like very like deep in thought and thinking of all these different options and a way to show that on someone's face is to have them you know like squint kind of looking around so like to understand what he's doing at any given point where we're gonna have to have some pupils in his eyes i do like the idea though that (laughs) he doesn't have the pupils and it just looks like he's constantly lost in thought or just like not even paying attention to mm-hmm. what you're saying and you're like Thron, Thron, what are we what are we doing to get the rebels? He needs to be able to pierce your soul with his eyes and find your biggest weakness and exploit that. So I guess we don't have an answer <laughs> for what color his uh, or what shade of blue his skin will be, but we do have a lot of other things that we think are going to be problems with fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Harold number one wants to know what makes pod racing so difficult for humans. I kind of wonder if Anakin just said that. I'm the only human who can do it. How do you know? You're nine. Well, Qui-Gon kind of agreed a little bit and said, oh, you must have Jedi reflexes. Uh Uh-huh. So could Qui-Gon pod race? Maybe. So if Qui-Gon can pod race, yeah. So could all Jedi pod race? If no. all you need is Jedi reflexes. Well, you have to enjoy it and want to do it. Yeah, but could they, in theory? Maybe. I'm trying to poke holes in Anakin's... Anakin's <laughs> just nine. being a little braggart. Yeah, yeah. how does he know he's the only he's human? He's nine and he's really good at something, so naturally you're going to be like, I'm the only human the that can do this. Only human. <laughs> when I was nine and I beat Tetris, he's I also run around saying, I'm the only human that can do it. He's also never been anywhere off of, you know, Tatooine. So mm-hmm. maybe he he is the only human where he has been and what he knows. I do. Yeah. As far as he knows, he is probably the only human he has seen pod race. I do want to take him at his word. Actually, like, I think that when George Lucas wrote that, he probably meant it. Like, this kid's really good and special. And I believe in the third Star Wars annual, third or fourth, uh, Luke also pod races uh through a crazy series of events and all of the announcers are like holy cow a human pod racing um 
But maybe it's rare just because, yeah, Jedi weren't pod racing. You're you're making me think that if you ever met a little girl who said, I'm a princess, you would say, what are your qualifications? <laughs> and did you know that you're not the only princess? And you're certainly not the most important. <laughs> who are your parents? <laughs> Show me your scroll of nobility, madam. <laughs> yeah, and then they'll leave. <laughs> well, that's their right. They're royalty. Mario Hernandez asks if we'll ever get more stories to fill in the sequel trilogy era. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Like, uh, the same way we got the Clone Wars to help flesh out the prequel trilogy era. I think we will eventually get something to give more context to the sequels, especially the New Republic. I think that's where it's sorely needed. Well, there's not a lot of gaps in the sequel trilogy movies, right? There's not... No. Not like the prequels where we got like a ten year gap. Um so I'm I'm there's thinking not a ton of wiggle room there, but yeah, like before mm-hmm. Hosni and Prime got blown up, uh I would love to know more about the New Republic. And then obviously post episode nine, I would really love some more content, Ray specifically content. Yeah. I mean Ray and Finn training together would be great. Uh, which, you know, the Lego short already hinted that, that that's a thing, and that's awesome. It's a thing. Uh, I, I think there's a chance they could do something in between episodes 8 and 9, because they made 100-something episodes out of the Clone Wars, and it only lasted three years. So at the very least, you can do a season mm-hmm. <laughs> of a show. Yeah, and that's a perfect place to get a, to get some more Leia content, too. Yeah, Leia yeah. and Rey training together would be really cool to see more of that's a great point so yeah i think there are definitely spaces to to put more content in the sequel trilogy era uh and i think it would go a long way i would definitely love to see some more context um as for when that happens i think they're probably pulling away from Skywalker Saga stuff outside of the Lego <laughs> game and all of the shorts they've released over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I get the sense that they're trying to go do other things. So maybe they're taking a step back from that for a minute, but I don't know. I want to know Claude's story. I know. But all about Claude. What what was his deal? Like there, I remember him having a whole backstory before we got to episode nine, and then it was just like, it's a slug on the Falcon, and that's it. And he was supposed to be like... What was his one line? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he said like, okay, or something like that. I, I think it was in another language. Yeah. And I like, so they were like, make sure you fix that short or whatever, Claude. And he's just like, like he has no arms. He's like, what do you want me to do? A Claude story. Yeah. Well, the whole, the thing that came out before episode nine was it was a case of mistaken identity that he wound up being part of the resistance. Like he was just waiting at a bus stop and then the Falcon pulled up and they were like, are you Claude? And he was like, and he got on board. And then the actual Claude walked up. Like running away from it the sounds first like order. an Arrested Development episode. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> <laughs> that basically happened. <laughs> Alan Perez wants to know if the Force could be used to produce fire or wind. I think that the Force can probably be used to just affect the environment around you. They're asking, kind of like you know, a Sith can make uh, Force lightning. So, are there any other elements that you can just produce uh, from your hand? I'm going to go with n- no for now, 
Maybe it's it's like uh, in the Avatar universe where, depending on what kind of bender you are, if you're a water bender, you have to have have some kind of water nearby to work with, unless you're a blood bender, which is apparently a no no. Well, I mean that's still water, yeah. kinda. Yeah, it's liquid. It's still so- you need something around or someone. Yeah. <laughs> Although firebenders create fire from their bodies and lightning. So, I mean, That's like, true. lightning is just energy, and, you you know, your body is full of energy. And wind. And fire. Uh, and water, I was going to say. Yes, farting is airbending. <laughs> Great job, Molly. <laughs> uh, I don't, like, I don't want to say a definite yes or no, or a definite no, uh, because... I do think that the force is always changing and showing us different ways that it can be used. Uh, I already said it once this video, but uh, through the force, all things are possible. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, so maybe, but I feel like no right now. Someone is definitely going to put in the comments like, but there was that time in Legends where someone shot fire out of their hands. And I'm like, yeah, I can buy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's seems like more you could produce force you could produce wind by using the force, but not kind of more like indirectly, like with a force push or pull. Wind just happens. Wind just happens. That's what I say every time I toot and Molly gets mad at me. Don't call it a toot. Wind happens. I hate that you call them toots. Why? It's so childish. <laughs> it makes you laugh. <laughs> all right that's it the end (laughs) (laughs) that's all the time we have for questions today if you want to leave a question for next week's video just put it in the comments below or sign up for patreon to join our weekly q a discussion if you haven't already please like this video subscribe to the channel follow us on twitter instagram facebook and tiktok and as always thanks for watching and may the force be with you